0: Thank you. into another great edition of Strong Style Season 2, Episode 3 Not sure what we will call this one yet Uh, Lots and lots to get into Um, No, I have not seen this week's Raw I'm going to watch it along with Impact Wrestling right after this show finishes up but I want to There's so much we want to get into. There's so much each and every week that uh, we always want to get into. That I want to start. I want to start with MMA. There has been some incredible... Just uh, incredible action... Here lately, Uh, the virus, you know, of course, caused uh, Bellator to uh, take pretty much the summer off. They are back going strong. They just had back-to-back events. You have UFC, who's been going strong, having uh, pretty much at least one event, if not more, a week since the, what, about April, May? They, They figured this out. Of course, wrestling's been going, but... There's been so much great action because it's not just like well it's it's just uh some people we've we've never you know never really heard of yet or uh the, these people that aren't always featured. But no, these have been the big names. These have been some of the big names fighting, and that being said, let's go right into Bellator 245. These were the two big, or these were the big fights, uh, in my opinion, between 245 and 246. In 245, you had making her her Bellator debut, Kat Zingano. She looks to be in good shape. Seems to be doing really good. And she ended up getting the win over Gabby Holloway, who is not a slouch at all. Gabby can go at any time with anybody. Um, I do feel like Kat got a little bit of a nod in this one, but I had to fight pretty even. But Kat, to me, did some things when she, when she was in the dominating positions that I felt uh, Gabby just didn't have the answer for. And ultimately, Kat wins. And uh, her being a Bellator is going to be fantastic. It is going to really revitalize and give a fresh opponent to a lot of really, really talented female fighters over there. Plus, it's another big name going to Bellator. We've heard about maybe the uh, the Silva swap over and things like that. Bellator is doing what they can. And they're doing a good job of it. The other big fight, of course, on Bellator 245 is the Leota Machida versus Phil Davis. Uh, That was the main event of that particular card. Uh, Phil Davis ends up getting the split decision in this one. This was a really, really good fight. Leota Machida, big name. Phil Davis, pretty good-sized name on his own. I think Phil should have got the nod here. And seeing it, yeah, Phil should have probably got, I mean, not probably, Phil should have got the nod. He did get the nod. Uh, but Machida, still a dangerous opponent. If you told me these guys were going to fight once a week for the rest of the year, I'm in. Take my money. Moving on to 246, Bellator 246. You had the ageless wonder, John Fitch took on Neiman Gracie, one of the famous Gracie members there. Um... Neiman ends up getting the submission in the mid-second. It was, it was kind of a double submission, really, the way he had it locked in. He was uh, had him kind of wrapped up pretty good. Ultimately, after this, I really like this, when Big John McCarthy gets in to talk to the fighters, uh, Neiman Gracie goes and kneels in the corner and tells John McCarthy, no, you talk to John Fitch first. John Fitch, who took off his gloves and left them in the middle, of the cage signifying that he is officially retiring after 43 fights. He is 42 years old. He says, uh, there are some things outside the cage that he is most looking forward to. And, uh, we look forward to seeing, I, I think he's going to keep training he's just not going to officially fight. And, uh, I look forward to the things that John Fitch is going to do inside and outside of a cage he is a super guy. Daniel Cormier talked about him this week on the, uh, DC and aerial podcast. Talked about how he's uh, just a, a class act. He's always a great guy, and that he, he helped DC out with a lot of stuff when he joined um, uh, Kickboxing Academy. And uh, and, and uh, just uh, you know, salute to you, John Fitch, for a great career. Forty three fights. Wow, that, that's that's a lot. And uh, you know, for the most part. Uh, Didn't get roughed up all that much. Had some big wins, had some big streaks. Uh, It's pretty impressive to win five or six in a row, have a loss, win five or six more. That's just really hard to do. So shout out to John Fitch on that one. Now, for the vacant Bantamweight Championship, you had Juan Archuleta versus Patsy Max. Now I knew who Archuleta was. He has the name of the sport. Uh, I I was not as familiar with Patchy, I was impressed. I was impressed. Um, Archuleta ends up getting the decision win over Patchy. Um, Patchy thought maybe he he could have gotten the nod too, but uh, Juan Archuleta definitely earned this. Um, If you told me that he was going to immediately have a rematch with Patchy, yeah, once again, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. I thought the two of them showcased what the Bantamweight division is all about in Bellator. And it is a really, really solid division that is only improving. Let's move on to, I don't know when the next Bellator is. I'm uh, currently looking that up, but I think it's a couple weeks down the road. They may start doubling up the way they did with this one, where there's one on on Friday, there's one on Saturday. Uh, I hope so, because that's more fighting action. I think it's great. But we'll see. And as I find out, I'll let you guys know. UFC Fight Night happened over the weekend as well. It went head-to-head with, I believe, 246 for Bellator. Uh, here were some of the big ones as, as uh, far uh, as far as I was concerned. Uh, Alexander Romanov had the uh, big arm triangle at 422 in the second round. Submission win there. He goes to 12-0-0 over uh, uh, Roque Martinez. Yet Ed Herman, who beat Mike Rodriguez with the uh, Kimura in round three, about halfway through that round. That was great. Another ageless wonder, Ed Herman, doing, doing some big things. And then the main event ended up being a split decision. A split decision win for Michelle Watterson, who beat Angela Hill. This was another one that it was so super close. These are These are by far two of the uh better women in the u f c at the moment uh they get in there and they just go at it they are, are not afraid in fact i don't I'm not hundred percent that the two of them like each other, but what Waterson and Hill did was they showcased They showcased what they can do, and what they can do is carry a main event on short notice. This was not supposed to be the main event, but when it got canceled out because one of the uh, one of the main eventers uh, tested positive for the virus, you have to move on. And so they looked, and they said, well, I think Michelle and Angela can carry this main event, and they did. Now, we do know that the next fight night is September 19th which, of course, will be this Saturday. You've got uh, Colby Cutting, Covington versus Tyron Woodley. be good to see Woodley get back into it and uh, get things going. You know, he had the good... He was on uh, what Titan Games with uh, the Rock, the Rock show there. You know, he had a, a decent showing there. Uh, these two used to be... Friends and training partners, I believe. So, to get these two in there to fight, let's see it. Uh, you also are going to have Nico Price versus Cowboy Donald Cerrone. Cerrone uh, approaching records for most fights and, I uh, believe, most wins. He doesn't already have one or the other. Uh, but that's that's all enough alone. The card is, is just littered with great potential moments, so tune in for those, you know I will, and, uh, the last thing I want to address is there is a rumor, semi-rumor, I say semi-rumor, and here's why: it is, is Nick Diaz coming back to fight? Nick Diaz has, uh, not fought in, what, four years, five years, something like, a handful of years, um, and every time, uh, the Diaz brothers, they, uh, they don't get cheated when they hang out with their friends. We'll put it that way. They don't. They don't get cheated. They uh, always have a good time. And and most of the time, when we hear that one or the other, especially Nick, is coming back, we uh, we see them uh, hanging out with their buddies, you know, by the pool or something. And uh, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. But Ariel, I just said from the DC and Ariel, from from uh from the same podcast, he said that. I believe the agent of Nick Diaz sends him uh, a photo, a video, something of Nick Diaz. And he's in there thinking, okay, well, that looks like Nick from a couple years ago. Yeah, that, that's cool uh, footage there and everything. He goes, no, that's from a couple hours ago. Maybe a training section, something like that. From what Ariel says, and I believe Ariel, there's no reason for Ariel Hawani to lie about any of this. He's one of the better journalists in the sport. He says... That as good as Nick looks in this video, he could see him potentially coming back, and that his agent somewhat hinted towards, yeah, he he could be back and, and ready to fight very very soon. So take that for what it is. I I like I said I, I tend to believe people like Ariel Helwani when he says things like that. I will I will uh, I can't wait to find out. If Nick Diaz is coming back that would be super fantastic uh especially because the Diaz brothers could be uh wrecking wreaking havoc not wrecking wreaking havoc on the entire division and it could be really really fun now let's swap over let's swap over to Uh, pro wrestling, real quick. We go through all the weekly shows, tell you guys about uh, the things I thought were interesting in each show and uh, why they're why they're important. Let's start with Raw. We officially saw the split of Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, where Peyton Royce um, started the match off strong. Billy Kay com- comes on for a little bit, and then Peyton Royce ultimately wins in the end. She helps her friend up. It's, it's the nice thing to do, but uh, Peyton Royce, is, is uh, if she continues to in work the way she's been doing, they're going to strap a rocket to her back, and she will be in the, the big time very, very soon. Why is that important? Well, it's going to really shake up the women's division on Raw and give a fresh face and a new opponent for a lot of the girls there. And it's, it's just going to make it better uh retribution the uh, little underground nexus aces and eights type group whatever you want to call them um for somebody who typically in order to get attention or to get or to get my attention or to get their message across they typically come out of the ring destroy a bunch of stuff and then Find a microphone or something and, and tell you what their message is. Um, in this particular instance, this particular instance, they were backstage. Um, all the screens shut off. I kind of thought maybe Bray Wyatt was coming out, but all and they were backstage, and it was just like a normal promo where three or four of them talked. But it was like it was a scheduled, planned thing. So, they're not really a rebel group anymore. Or it doesn't seem that way. It was kind of anti what they had been doing. So... You know, just wasn't what retribution has been up until this point. I'm not saying they're getting soft or anything, it just either come in and try to take over and do what you're trying to do, or just mellow on out into wherever you're gonna be on the card. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Um Dominic Mysterio, who took on Murphy in the main event. Uh, pretty good. I mean, for, for Dominic to be a, a, a relatively new guy to the big time. I mean, he could have been on the indie scene for a while. Um, he's not bad. He he sometimes rushes his work, but overall, he's he's pretty solid. Uh, of course, Murphy is a great person to work with. Uh, and it was cool to see the entire Mysterio family kind of get the kendo revenge on Murphy uh, for all that they did, him and Seth Rollins did to Dominic. But the thing that I took most from this was Dominic did the Mysterio slide where you run against the ropes, slide underneath the bottom rope head first as though you're going to do a uh, belly flop, basically. But instead, he went sliding through, did a sunset flip powerbomb on Murphy and slammed him into the announce table, and it was beautiful. A thing of real beauty. Moving on to Impact Wrestling. Uh, They're kind of bringing up the Sammy Callahan as the uh, backstage hacker, computer guy type thing again. I like this. I think this could could definitely help uh, get Sammy Callahan back up in the the big. He he got into some weird storylines. He's not kind of in the middle of anything right now. So, uh, Callahan, for a celibate wrestler as he is, this this little gimmick here could help him out. And then the other thing you need to know, um, Eric Young is still the champ. He took on Tommy Dreamer. Uh, Dreamer can still go with the best of them. But uh, Eric Young is the champ, I think, is one of the best things going in wrestling right now. Um, he is he is in his don't care mode, which is one of the best Eric Youngs, just don't care, going to out-wrestle you out, fight you out, whatever I have to. And you have all these faces, all these good guys that can now run it at him as the as the, the champ. So, you know, you have him run through the majority of them, and then you have uh, somebody you want to make a star or somebody who's already a star, have them come in and win it, flip it around for a minute. It can go back on EY then. But... Eric Young is the champ. One of my favorite things in wrestling right now. In NXT, we finally have a new NXT champion. You know, we had the the, the fatal four way hour long Iron Man thing that was kind of cool. It came down to Finn Balor and Adam Cole. I told you that it makes better sense since Cole just lost it. That uh, Finn Balor is is the one I would go moving forward. That way, Adam Cole can. Uh, Go back into his undisputed era stuff, or you can get the call up. There's a lot of stuff you can do with Adam Cole. Where we're kind of sure that Finn Balor is going to finish up his WWE tenure in NXT. What better way to build the heavyweight division back up? Because you had a uh, Tommaso Ciampa, you got Johnny uh, Gargano, Johnny Wrestling. Um, you even got a uh, uh, Bronson Reed and some of the and some of the other ones that Damian Priest. As you want them to elevate up, they can go at Finn Balor. It, it's a lot of really cool matchups, and I, I think it's just going to be a, a fantastic thing. But well, i have got to see Finn Balor, but uh, Adam Cole, don't hang your head. This, the, the, these two, I, I want to see these two wrestle a hundred more times. This was great. The other match that stuck out to me was the return of Austin Theory from the main roster to NXT. He took on Bronson Reed, and uh, Bronson got the big victory there. But Austin Theory learned a lot from the upper. I mean, he's like 22, 23 years old. He's from like down the road here in Atlanta, from where we record this. But as good as Reed is, Austin Theory learned a lot from being on the Raw and SmackDown rosters and hanging out with Andrade and some of the people that he hung out with in Garza, that you can tell his game has elevated and he has evolved a little bit. It was uh, a, a really good match between Austin Theory and Bronson Reed. A lot of people say that's a throwaway, that's a time waster. I thought it was probably second best match on the card with the main event being the top. In AEW, um, Orange Cassidy had a really cool win over Angelico. And Helico is a really uh, accomplished indie wrestler. Does a lot of cool flips and flies and things like that. He's actually a really good wrestler. But uh, Orange Cassidy also has two two wins over Jericho, who is the champ. And two wins over Jericho. No, two wins over Jericho. One while he was the champ. One uh, while he was not. But uh, Orange Cassidy, when he wants to, not when he wants to, when he actually does wrestle is really, really good and really entertaining. The kinds of things he does, it you just, it's his skill set, it's his skill set. Now, of course, we had this uh, this weird um, best man wedding sequence thing that, I, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Turns out it was uh, a good way to introduce Miro, a.k.a. Russo, and um, I thought it weird, first of all, that he was introduced based off a, a, an engagement storyline when that kind of was what started the snowball of his downfall in his WWE tenure. But uh, Miro came in when he got the microphone. He blasted WWE for a few things. It's his right if he wants. Uh, he, he does have some legitimate points and gripes. I totally get that. But... um. Never been a big fan of when you go to the other company and you talk bad about the other one. Just, just come in and do your thing. We know you're mad. We know you're ticked off. So what? But uh, having Miro and AEW, yeah, that, that makes an already crowded roster. It's uh, even more stacked. Uh, Chris Jericho and uh, Jake Hager have decided to t- team up. So in the tag division, already stacked tag division, add these two to it. It's uh, just going to be that much better. FTR did their big celebration and uh, with Tully Blanchard and all that where they basically called out a lot of the other teams who were all standing ringside. Um, but FTR probably is one of the best tag teams out there. Not just in AEW but, but around and I look forward to seeing they remind me a lot of Totally Blanchard and Arn Anderson from back in the day, so uh, just I, I look forward to to the people they're going to put against them and the run that they may have because they may have these belts for a good long while. AEW is notorious for doing that, and you know they could flip the script and lose them next week. Who knows? the t- The main event for the TNT title was champion Brody Lee versus. Dustin Rhodes. For anybody who thinks that Brody Lee was just the muscle for Bray Wyatt, or that Dustin Rhodes can no longer go. Go watch this match. Go back and watch this match. This this was uh yeah you know, four and a half star classic. And I can't quite give it the five, but man, it was just it was so good to see these two big men work. And show you how two big guys are supposed to wrestle. And make it just fantastic. Uh, Moving to SmackDown. We had Alexa Bliss versus Nikki Cross. Versus Lacey Evans versus Tamina. uh, To determine the number one contender. There were two takeaways from this particular match. Besides being pretty decent. Um, Nikki Cross won the match. And she won it after Alexa Bliss did a Sister Abigail to her on the floor and then just glared at her and then walked off. Um, Turns out when Bray Wyatt said that there is a new friend in the playhouse, it is not, or in the funhouse, it was not Bliss, not yet. Um, But seeing Alexa Bliss's dark side, whether she pairs up with Bray or not, I think that's that's a, a, a breath of fresh air to the division, and to her, that uh, changed things up a little bit. It's never a bad idea to uh, change things up. because If it doesn't work, you know let's go back. But congratulations to Nikki Cross. She 100% should be the number one contender. And Nikki Cross, Ashka, yeah, sign me up. And the last thing for SmackDown, there was some other stuff, but the New Roman. I want to talk about the New Roman for a second. We all know Heyman hangs out with him now. It's kind of the Brock Lesnar thing where Roman says very little. When he does, it's it's uh, pretty good and pretty impactful. And when and Heyman pretty much says the rest. Uh, you know, you got Jey Uso. We're supposed to face Roman coming up here soon. And he's like, yeah, that's going to be good because and this and that and this and that. And he goes. And Roman just kind of glares at him like, uh, I'm not. I didn't do this to do you any favors. I didn't do this to, you know, Roman is, is one of those finally looking out for himself type things. And I'm, I'm on board. I, I very much, I've been a fan of Roman anyway. And I, th- I think... You know, outside of Bray taking it off of him, I don't see anybody on the SmackDown roster right now that I would move the title to him. But I would let the uh, the, the reign of Roman go for a little while. I, I don't see why not. And then in Ring of Honor, they have started the Pure Wrestling Championship back. They have done a uh, really cool 16-person tournament, 16-man tournament. um it started or here's all the people in it and these are kind of in order as as the way the matches are gonna shape out to uh you got Jay Lethal you got Dalton Castle you got uh, uh David Finley you got Rocky Romero you got Silas Young, Fred who who is actually from uh around this area as well um you got Tracy Williams um I forgot the guys oh. Russ Taylor got yeah, Jonathan Gresham versus uh, forgot the kid's first name, Uta. Very good, think can't think uh the DJ guy that used to be in TNA. That guy, uh, Delirious and Matt Sydal are in it. Um, Josh the Good Woods is in it. Kenny King. Um, T.J. Black and uh, another newcomer uh, last name with Deppin. there are three newcomers in this we'll, it'll be interesting to see um, what happens from here they have already had two matches that they showed on this week's episode where Jay Lethal defeated Dalton Castle this was really good this was main event quality and it was actually the first match and it's good to know that Ring of Honor did their own bubble you know I told you That one of their personalities had talked about on their Instagram account um, just getting out of the Ring of Honor bubble. And I said I didn't know if that meant that they were stepping outside of their normal routine or if they meant that they had actually recorded some stuff. That means they've actually recorded some stuff. So that is great. Like I said, Lethal over Castle and uh, Jonathan Gresham. Had the big win over Utah. Utah is a, a uh, he's like a, uh, a taller, skinnier Gresham. They did a lot of holds back and forth, a lot of, uh, jump, nothing super flashy. It was just straight up hold for hold, just doing what you can to try to defeat the other guy. And, uh, I I, my guess is next week we'll get Dave Finley versus Rocky Romero and we'll get Delirious versus Matt Sydal. Could would be totally wrong, but um, that would be my guess. And I look forward to everything that they are going to put together because it is nice to have ring of honor back on television. I heard a wild rumor. Once again, it is a wild rumor because I can't hundred percent confirm it. So I will leave it as a rumor that new Japan is Trying to kind of do their own bubble thing, too. Maybe even have a fan-related thing. Don't know for sure. I do know that New Japan is trying to get back on television. Whether they do the uh, the Ring of Honor profile-style stuff, or whether they do actual matches and things like that, we will have to wait and see. But for now, that's going to do it for us. Appreciate it by tuning into to another edition of Strong Style, We'll call it... Rumor has. It. Rumor has it. But I am Jeremy the Impact York. Remember, some people make impressions, others make like an impact. Deuces Gooses. We'll see you guys next week.